You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. While you were skipping stones, building forts, and flying kites, I was missing school and all my Saturday nights. Other kids were climbing trees and rolling down hills. I was singing songs to pay my family's bills. Little me. Hello, I'm Mark Tunelli, and welcome to episode 14 of the Little Me Podcast. If you're not following our charming Instagram, stop everything and go follow us at, at Little Me Podcast. I'm so excited that I have Broadway star Annalise Scarpacci with me today. I first met Annalise at Broadway Workshop 10 years ago when she was part of the Children's Musical Theater Festival. She made her Broadway debut as Esther Jane in the original cast of A Christmas Story on Broadway. And she returned to Broadway in the hit musical Matilda and also appeared in the first national tour of Matilda. This past year, she created the role of Lydia Hillard in Mrs. Doubtfire, both on Broadway and the pre-Broadway tryout at Seattle's Fifth Avenue Theater. Hello, Annalise. How are you? Welcome. Hi. My God, I'm like legit excited to see you because I have known you a lot of your life and you are doing really well. (laughs) Yeah. Ha- pretty much a little bit more than half of my life okay. you have known me for. <laughs> I'm going to take, take that. We're going to get into all this stuff when you were a little kid, but I want to start. Um, let's jump right in. On yeah. March 9th, you guys did your first Broadway preview of Mrs. Doubtfire on Broadway. Oh, yes. Tell me before did. you say another word about it, just tell me about that night. Let's freeze to that night. It was insane on so many levels. I mean, the first part being. It was my principal debut on Broadway at 20 years old, which is just insane for me to even comprehend. I never would have imagined that happening in a million trillion years. Uh, So it was just such an unforgettable experience for me. Of course, I was so nervous, Um, but I knew that I had 40 of my relatives in the audience. So that was an incredible experience as well. I mean, they're loud Italians and there's no better audience. Absolutely not. There is no better audience than 40, close to 45 (laughs) Italians in an audience from New York, uh, no less. So so that night was pretty special and the buzz was a buzz in on Broadway. Everyone was very excited. Everyone's like, this is the show. This is the show of the season. So how many performances did you guys get out? Only three. Oh, my God. Okay, <laughs> you're going to come back. We're going to talk about that in a second. Yeah. 
three performances, which is more than many Broadway shows that were set to start previews. So at least we got three out. Yeah. Um, what were those three performances like? What? Tell me about the audience reaction in New York and how you guys were working on the show. Tell me what was happening in those three days. They really loved it. I mean, we were coming off of our run in Seattle, which every audience in Seattle, I mean, we're so grateful. They really, really loved it. So they were laughing, which is always a good sign. And a lot of people left the show crying. And it's so great to know that we have touched the hearts of our audience. And that's what our show is about. Our show is about family. Our show is about love and heart. And I feel that we represent all sorts of families. And that's what matters. And I feel like that's why our show is for everybody because we touch so many lives. It's so you guys made a, well, we we're going to get to the shutdown, but you guys made a really sweet video. I think of what your finale is having not seen your show. Um, what is the name of that song? Uh, as long as there is love. And it just felt like such an anthem of what now should be and what we should be talking about now and messages of Broadway shows. Mm -hmm. um, and I just, you know, watched it one time and I got a little choked up and it was, I was like, this is going to be, this is going to be the best thing to come back to Broadway. And I know that it will. So talk to me about how Mrs. Outfire came to you. Um, we're, I know you're a student at Pace and we'll get into that, but yeah. there's so much to get into. Yes. So um, this, how did the show come to you? Because just, 10 months ago, you and I were in an audition room talking about how, you know, desperately you were trying to like get back on stage and, yeah. you know, perform anywhere and missing your love of theater. Because sometimes when you're in the school circle, it's hard to get the opportunities to perform and being a kid who performed their whole life. I'm sure yeah. you were missing that. So tell me about how Dowfire came to you. Yeah, I guess you could say that I was in a little bit of a rut and I didn't really know how to handle it. So, um, one day I just woke up and said, okay, I'm going to go to every EPA that I possibly can. And even if casting said that I wasn't right for the role, um, I was going to go in for the EPA um, if I felt that I was right for it. Because I knew that for my own mental being, I needed to just know that I went in and not think about what if. So um, I actually had gone in for... I, they were doing a reading of Mrs. Dalfire last year and I was not seen for it. And I was so upset. And I knew for whatever reason, it was first of all, my favorite movie. Second of all, I knew that they were hiring someone or they, they were looking for someone who was over 18. And I was so upset. And I was like, I just wanted an opportunity. And I had gone in for an audition for another show on an EPA because that's I, what you do. That's what you do. And it was the same casting office. And I had gotten down to the end of that show and the same casting associate was from that show as Mrs. Doubtfire. And then they called me in for a creative team appointment. And I didn't really think anything of it because I, you know, actor brain, I don't look like the parents. I don't look like Rob McClure. And at the time, it, they're in the reading, they had cast Kate Baldwin. So I was like, I, I don't look like the parents. <laughs> and, um, you know, I did it anyway. And I said, you know what? 
who cares? I'm auditioning for Jerry Zaks today. And not every day that you get that opportunity. So I walked into that audition and I did my best. And then I left. And then I didn't think anything of it. And then the next day at two o'clock at my mom's store, I got a phone call saying that I got the role. Okay. Did you freak out? I didn't know what to do. I was, I, I first of all, wasn't expecting to get the call the next day. I thought at least maybe there was going to be a callback or something, but to get that call, I, I just released everything that I was feeling from for so long for pretty much the past 10 years of my life, but mostly ever since I was 16 after I had finished the tour of Matilda, all of my energy just released. And, you know, you doubt yourself a lot. Um, Especially I think if you're a kid in the business, there's something about you being cute and a kid and little and young. And you went from, you know, kind of show to show. And so then it's like, well, who am I as an adult? You know exactly. what? Do I have worth if I'm not? And you know, exactly it's, right. And even though we don't want to get our worth from hearing that, but it feels so special for someone to say, "You are still good. You are still you deserve to be here, and you do, yeah. and you're so talented." Um, okay, so you get the job. Mm-hmm. You guys aren't going to go to Seattle with the show before pre-Broadway, and you know, there's no guarantees. We had Daisy Egan on podcast a couple weeks ago. She was like, "I do not celebrate until." I am having like a champagne at the opening night party because you just never know what's going to happen to something. And, you know, look, (laughs) we went in a crazy direction here. So there was no guarantee that a, the show would come in. I mean, it looked like it would. And of course you guys, these guys do your show, but tell me about the rehearsal process in the out of town triad at fifth Avenue for Mrs. Doubtfire. It was so different, especially as an adult, because, you know, I'm in charge of myself and (laughs) no wrangler. No Wrangler, nothing, just me. And I took all of the lessons that I've learned from Matilda and A Christmas Story and from all of my past experiences, and I put them to work. And I'm, as you know, someone who is extremely hard on myself. And there were times that I was so overwhelmed because it was all on me and um, working with such incredible people, I would second guess the choices that I was making in the room. And there was one point that Jerry was like, what are you doing? (laughs) What are you doing? Tell me about Um, Jerry. Oh my gosh. He is the smartest man I have ever met in my whole life. He just knows exactly what you're thinking at all times. And he is also never afraid to admit when he's wrong which nine times out of 10, he's never wrong, Mm -hmm. but he's not afraid to admit when he is wrong. Like one time when we were in Seattle, he had given me a direction on what the hell um, my song, which is weird, but um, yeah, he gave me a direction. And um, then we went to Broadway and we were rehearsing for Broadway. And I, he was like, what was that? I don't like what you did there. And I had said, oh, we had discussed back, in rehearsals before Seattle, like that was what I was going to do. And he said, well, scratch that. I hate it. <laughs> he was like, I was wrong. Forget that. I ever told you that I'm a terrible, I'm terrible. It's like, you're not you're like you're, you're, you're Jerry Zax. You're, 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 so, you're allowed. <laughs> Seattle was the um, rehearsal process. You feel like we're making something really special. This show is going to, this 100%. show is going to hit. 
And especially as a new person that was not in the reading, a lot of the people that were cast and are out of town and now Broadway were in the reading. So I was so nervous because I was new and are people going to like me? You know, the normal thoughts. And I was, I think it was the first time that we sang together. We just like sang through the whole show and everybody was so welcoming and I heard the first, I heard as long as there is love. And I said, this is going to be, this is going to be good. This is it. I think like, this is a great one. And it's it. the same feeling that I felt during a Christmas story that I just knew that this was going to be such a magical experience. I and just knew. It will continue to be. Um, so talk to me about being, now you're 20 um, and you're the oldest of the three children in the show. Like ideally you're playing the older sister. Yes. Or the oldest daughter. Um, So you have two kids that are with you, Jake Ryan Flynn and uh, Avery Sell Mm -hmm. who play your siblings. Um, What's it like to be this sort of adult while watching over those two sort of younger kids who are having experiences that you had when you were their age? Yeah. Well, it's kind of, not that different because I was the oldest in both the Christmas story and Matilda. So I, you know, I being the type of person that I am, I was like the fourth guardian or fifth (laughs) guardian for everybody because that's just the type of person I am. I was always, they always used to say, stop mothering people, but that's just what I do. I, I care about people. I like to make sure everybody's okay. But, um, yeah, Jake and Avery and I just clicked the second that we met. And everyone was saying the chemistry between you three and and Rob is is so special. And, um, you know, that's a really exciting thing that, you know, that family, everyone can sit in a theater and feel like they're seeing their own family, um, even if they don't look like that or, you know, when you have that kind of chemistry and just watching you guys perform at Broadway Con and things like that, you can tell that the three of you especially really have it together. And that's a, that's a really special thing. Yeah. Talk to me about the show in Seattle. How much did it change during the preview process there or through the run there? Um, There were definitely significant changes. I mean, the biggest one being the character of Miranda, who is my mother. Um, I feel like in the Seattle run, it was more like, how do I put this the right way? She was more like a stubborn mom. And now she's a woman with feelings. If that, you know, like she's yeah. a real, like you you could empathize with her more in our Broadway run than you could rather than like mean mommy mm-hmm. in Seattle. And also like mom trying to keep the father away from right. kids. Right, exactly. Not now you well. see more of her side of the story in brought on Broadway and I love that about her and I love Jen oh, I love Jen Gamatis so who plays your mom who's such yes. a love and so talented um mm-hmm. how much has your character changed from where you started to where we ended up it's not a same. bit it's the same <laughs> well listen well, if you knock thing. it out of the park from I the think beginning. <laughs> I think it's the same I mean there's one big change that X actually going to change again when we get back um, you've created a monster, which was um, Charity Angel jo- Dawson. Uh, her number, she plays the social worker. And she 
first of all, she's a powerhouse. She was in Waitress um, as Becky for like a long time. And her number pretty much is like a nightmare scene. And in Seattle, it was like a completely different thing. And then in New York, we got this new puppet that was huge. Um, but I think that they're re they had told us actually that morning of the shutdown that the whole number is going to be completely changed. So, so stay tuned. Stay tuned. Um, all right. I want to talk about Rob McClure. Yes, and then please. I want to talk about the shutdown. So okay. um, tell us about working with Rob. He has been teaching a Broadway workshop since uh, the shutdown. And I had not worked with him like this before. And he is a genius at teaching. Mm -hmm. So I can't imagine what it must be like to be able to share a show with him and have him play your dad and be on stage with him. So talk to me about working with Rob. He really has taught me so much um, in acting life lessons, um, just about being in this business and being an adult in this business and growing up. And, you know, we really bonded on the fact that we have very similar backgrounds. His mom's family is Italian American, just like I am. And he knows the way, you know, we were brought up very similarly. He knows about Sunday sauce. He knows about Sunday sauce. And know. he knows and calls me out on my accent. <laughs> and, you know, he, we make fun of each other with stupid things. And he's it. just the best. And, and I'm sure my he's favorite, so excited. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. My favorite thing ever was we were in Atlanta doing a press event. And I was alone. And the kids weren't with us. It was just the two of us. And our producer, Kevin, and Kevin McCollum. And he um, texted me. And uh, Rob texted me and said, do you want to go to the Puppet Museum? I was like, oh, you were serious that last night? Like, you want to <laughs> hang out with me? And he was like, yeah, let's go. And we went to the Puppet Museum and Kevin met us. And then they took me to Waffle House because I had never been before. Because why would we go to Waffle House? We live in New York. Right. We, we I had never been. I don't know what that is. And he took, they both took me to Waffle House. And then Rob took me to the aquarium. And we just had the best day ever. And then we almost crashed a wedding at the Fox Theater, but that is a whole other story. What I was going to say before is I'm sure that being on stage with him must feel so electric because I can't imagine that he's ever not not in it, you know, oh, like that. Unbelievable. And I okay. know that when I look at him that I'm, because we have a duet together, I know that even if I get nervous, especially during that first preview and especially during our, that performance in Atlanta, I just know I'm going to be okay. That's so great. What yeah. a lucky thing. All right. Talk to me about how they, did you feel like the shutdown was coming? Like what in those three performances? I'm I so clueless. <laughs> I'm so clueless. It was so bad of me. I mean, you know, I had my mom calling me 24 seven to wash my hands. Um, go buy Lysol at CVS or Dwayne Reed. Um, yeah, I was not in the least bit expecting the shutdown at all until I got there Thursday morning and um, there were talks about it. And then I got, of course, my phone started beeping and to the point where I was actually his in hysterics with um, Maria, who is in our ensemble um, and also my understudy, we have bonded 
so closely and I'm so grateful for our friendship. And the two of us literally were sobbing the entire time. Um, yeah, so I was not expecting it at all. And it was a real, it was. Do they just sit you down and they say, we can't do the show tonight? You know, we had had a meeting with Kevin um, and like two nights before, and he said, we're going to keep going. So I had that in my brain. And then I saw the article and Kevin hadn't gotten to us yet. He was on his way. And the stage management called us in and they said, um, just so you know, they have they had a meeting. We haven't heard directly from Kevin yet, but the media is going to come out with it, I'm sure, before he gets to us. And I still was in denial and saying that, well, we don't know anything for sure until Kevin shows up. <laughs> and everyone was looking at me like I was insane because I mean, I'm all insane. insane. You know, but it, it doesn't feel possible. <laughs> I mean, I just really, like, we, we were in mourning. We were literally in mourning. And, you know, to go from living in my apartment, my first New York City apartment alone. Living around, like, when my I opened the stage door and my mom is standing there saying, let's go home. Let's pack up your stuff. We're going to take Maria back to her apartment and then we're going to go to back to my house. I For a week, I was in denial. I kept waking up in the middle of the night. I'm like, oh, I'm in my bed in wow. my house. <laughs> oh my God, it's so heartbreaking. And then I saw you post their pictures of like cleaning out your dressing room or getting the stuff out. It's oh. just, I'm sure that was not an easy day. It was not, but you know what? I was okay. I was okay with it. Um, I wish that I had gotten to be on the stage, but I, the door was locked. But um, it was really comforting to be with Elena, who is in our ensemble, and James, who is our wardrobe supervisor. Um, and one of our dressers was there as well. And it was just really comforting to see them. I, I actually cried more when I saw them rather than being in my dressing room because I knew that it wasn't my last time walking through those doors. No, for sure. And, you know, it's just, it's such a heartbreak when you know, like yeah. the dates happen when opening night and you guys had a Zoom opening that night. That hard. Yes, I'm sure that was very difficult. Yeah. And, you know, the dates come by and you're like, oh, today's the Tonys. Today we would have been performing at the Tony Awards. That was, yeah, my parents yeah. and I actually had a Tony celebration and we watched the 2013 Tonys, which I performed with A Christmas Story. Which I just watched 20 minutes ago. Which really? Get to talking about. I was like, let me watch that again to get <gasps> all prepped up. You're the star of that Tony performance, which that we're, we're getting. insane. So here's the deal. I just, me as your friend, I'm letting you know that I just want to focus on imagining coming back and that night and the first time, you know, Rob hits the stage and you're making your principal return to Broadway. It's going to be a huge, huge thing and I'll be there for it and everyone will be there for you. And um, you're handling it like a champ. So thank you. Love you. Okay. So let's go. We're going to go back. Um, okay. Talk to me about as this kid. You grew up in Staten Island, yeah? Yes, I did. Um, Obviously, you were a kid who somehow was drawn to perform performing. Tell me about how you like grabbed your mom and was like, "This is what I have to do." How did that all start? Yeah, so I was a dancer um, first. Dab, dab. Yes, um, yeah, I was a ballerina all the way um, in this very room. Actually, I just nonstop dancing all the time. But my parents um, always knew that I had, I guess, a knack for singing and dancing uh, from the time 
I was born, actually. I was always like tapping my feet. And they used to play Shirley Temple movies for me all the time. And I used to like stand there and shake my curls. Like I had this big head of curls like she did. And um, I started taking ballet when I was two and a half. Wow. So um, yeah, that was when I pretty much started. And from that first class, I said, I'm going to be a ballerina and that's what's going to happen and nothing else is going to stop me. So um, at two, thinking, <laughs> you know, and um, well, you were right. You know, listen. <laughs> yeah, maybe I guess not, so. Maybe you're not a ballerina at ABT, but you follow the right thing. Keep no, going. that's I wanted SAB. I wanted Staten Island Ballet, SAB, New York City Ballet. That was the route. And wow. um, until Billy Elliot destroyed everything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I did. I went to acting class. I started acting class when I was five. And um I did that in order to improve my dancing because in order to be a better dancer, you have to know how to act. So um, I did that. And um, yeah, Billy Elliot destroyed. Was that like as an audience member? Yes. yes. Um, I went to see Billy Elliot with my parents and a couple people from ballet. And um, I was completely in shock that people were doing ballet and singing at the same time. I was mind blown. I was like were nine kids. years old and they were yeah. kids. And um, I was, I was like this, I, my mouth was just completely dropped the whole time. And at intermission, I turned to my mom and I said, this is what I want to do. And she was like, okay, great. And I went in the playbill and I looked at all of the girls bios and I found that most of them had the same manager. And when I went home that day, I typed up my own headshot and resume and I put it in the mail and I mailed it off. And oh then they God. called and I had a, got a meeting with them in the summer and she signed me and the that, rest is history. That's amazing. Okay. So then what was, was, does Godspell happen before I met you or after I met you? I think after. It was after. So you came to me, we did the grunge and we did Zan. We, you well, did we the grunge. Did, I did the grunge right after I did Godspell. So talk to me about God's, what was it Godspell like 2032 or something? 2032. Okay. So explain that, explain that craziness to me. So Godspell, the 2012 revival of Godspell was having a huge open call and, um, my voice teacher, Baydeen Magaziner, had emailed still, everybody. Still Bedeen, oh, right? yes, I still work with Baydeen, and she's the best. Yes. And <laughs> love her. She sent me, she sent everybody, her entire studio, an email saying, Godspell is having an open call for kids to play the younger ish versions of the All cast of, the of Godspell. So we were like, okay, cool. And I had gone in for a commercial audition and I wasn't really, I was like, eh, maybe I'll go, maybe I won't. And then we just decided to go because we were like, really, how many people could be there? We show up, there's 10 billion people at this open call. We're standing there with my friend, my mom, me, my mom, my friend. And we were waiting online for hours. And then Corbin Blue shows up. And of course we start freaking out because we loved Corbin Blue. And then in the middle of the open call, they said, um, we have to get ready for half hour for the show. So we have to move everybody to a studio. So then everybody walked 
to the studio, to Davenport Studios, which doesn't even exist anymore. The building is knocked down. But um, we all went up there and they said, okay, everybody's singing eight bars. <laughs> what <laughs> so, did you sing? Um, what did I sing? I think I did something from Anne of Green Gables. That was like my go-to. I'm sure you've probably heard me sing that song. I think I remember. <laughs> and um, I walked in and I sang maybe half a sentence or two sentences. And I walked out and I said, well, that was, they're not going to, you know, what are they going to get from eight bars? And Smoking, then I got, angry. Yeah, what are they going to get from eight bars? And then they called me back. And I was confused. And I was in a production of The Sound of Music. I was playing Marta. Yeah. And um, my cousin actually got a call back too. So the two of us went in. And, um, you know, we we went in, danced, had a great time. And then they called everybody in at the end of the day. Now I have to be at my show in 40 minutes. And it's rush hour traffic. So they had to stall the show because they were telling us that we had gotten the roles. And at that point, I didn't know who I was going to be playing. And then midway through the week, when they released the press release, I found out that I was going to be playing Uzo. Well, which, if anyone met you, they would say, yes, young Uzo Aduba. That's perfect. Exactly. <laughs> I was so confused. I that mean, would not at least, happen in 2020. <laughs> no, definitely not. I think what they were going for was like the essence the of like the spirit, like what song I would sing. And I would totally at this, I think, would sing by my side. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. never made a lot of sense to me. Okay. So <laughs> explain, do they just have you guys, they didn't have you do the whole show. They had you do like. It was just a medley of songs. Okay. We rehearsed for a week and we had a great time. We rehearsed for a week with Julia Madison, who was the swing. And um, I think, I forgot the other one's name. I think her name was. Julie, I think it was Julie and Julia. Okay. And uh, we rehearsed for a week, all of the kids, um, which included Gaten Matarazzo from Stranger Things um, as a young nine-year-old mm -hmm. and Grace Capeless, who you love as we much all as love. I yeah. do. Um, and a lot of us who were in that production have gone on to do. It's so cool. So you guys came out at the end of like an audience. We came, came out after they the watched show. Godspell, and then they watched more Godspell. And then they watched more Godspell, but with kids and pretty much the entire audience was filled with our family yeah, and yeah. friends. So and cool. we heard literally none of the music because everybody was screaming, but it was so incredible. And I was shaking the entire time. Actually, my hair was like this in little buns. And uh, I was so excited. It was, it was really thrilling. It was kind of like a similar experience to the Tonys when we all came out and everybody was screaming. It was really great. All right. So talk to me about Christmas Story because what an incredible, cool experience. Your first real Broadway show, original Broadway cast, um, you know, written by past, like the, the show is great. Like, um, yeah, it really Cassie was. And Paul wrote the show that is like perfection Christmas magic. Mm -hmm. And um, there's a ton of kids in it. So you have this like experience. Do you remember, was that audition process very stressful? Yes. Um, another one where I went in for an open call on a whim. Well, we know um, that that's your thing. Just that's go to my thing. keep doing open calls. I just, you know, I was at dance class and I was wearing flip-flops and um, I went out to lunch and my manager was like, maybe you should 
I, uh, maybe you should go in for a Christmas story. Not my manager, my friend's mom, who is now my manager. But um, she said to us, maybe you should go in for the open call. And I was like, eh. Mm. And then my still book was in the car. Yeah, <laughs> still smoking a pack a day. Um, my book was in the car. So I bought a pair of sneakers on 8th Avenue and went up to Pearl Studios. And I was the last person to go. And then Stephanie Clapper came out after I auditioned and wanted to speak to my mom. And then they talked. Uh, she's great. I love her. And uh, yeah, pretty much the next two, three weeks, I was in and out of callbacks, dancing, singing scenes with John Rando, dancing with Warren Carlyle. You know, no big deal. No big deal. Uh, when you're a kid, you don't really know it's a big deal. Yeah, you don't know. You just kind of do it. Like, it's like taking a class. It's not, yeah. it shouldn't feel that much different than, you know, it's just an exciting thing. But then you get the call that you're going to do it yeah. and it's happening, you know? It was crazy. I didn't know. I didn't know. I I didn't receive the call my mom told mm -hmm. me. How I did she tell you? I was in my bedroom. She just said, you got it. And I didn't believe, I was just like, oh, oh, okay. I'll do cool. it. I'll take okay, it. Okay, great. And I sat in my room. I think the first thing I did, um, I ran, that whole year of 2012 was, we had lost a few of my family members. And the first thing I did was run over to my fridge and we had pictures of them. And that was the first thing I did was go look at their pictures. Oh. And I smiled and I put my thumbs up oh, and God. I said, I did it. Yes, Guardian Angels. <laughs> it's, uh, you know, there's this great book. I'll I'll talk to you about it after. Um, okay. um, it's all about, it's called Signs, but it's you know about all right. Anyway, yeah. um, stand by for more information on Signs. <laughs> okay, so talk to me about the rehearsal process of doing Christmas Story, creating this musical that they had done out of town and been workshopping. But how many kids? Were, there was a ton of kids in that show. We were fifteen. That's huge. So I'm sure it huge. felt like the best summer camp ever. Oh my gosh. It was the best. And you know what? We are all still friends to this mm -hmm. day. Um, I mean, Jack Mastriani, I took him to my prom. He played Scott Farkas. Um, who is the little boy who's like looked 60, but when he was eight and tap danced, like he was like. Oh, Luke Spring. Uh, he played my brother in A Christmas Story and we okay. talk, you know, we're, we're all like so close. I'm sure. It's crazy. And it's obviously so Grace Capeless as and well. Grace, um, so, and Zoe, who was also in Godspell with us. And um, yeah, it really was an unforgettable and magical experience uh, just to be in that room. And there were so many Broadway debuts. Mm -hmm. Adults, kids, our composers. Um, it was crazy. It's, we were all so excited and it was all our first times. And it was just... I, I can't even, like, it was like a shaking experience, the whole thing. It was and like you, that time for stopped. what, like four months, four or five months? Um, We opened in November mm -hmm. and then we closed on New Year's Eve. Got it. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.
Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So, you know, you have this, you know, big chunk of time doing a Broadway show. Um, and then by the time the 20 nominations come out, which is, you know, probably four or five months after you've closed, yeah. um, your show gets nominated for Best New Musical, which never happens to a Christmas never show. Never happens. And, um, so then you guys all get to come back together. Well, not all, but all the kids in Caroline O'Connor come back together <laughs> to do the Tonys. Tell me about performing at the Tony Awards, having just watched it again. Everyone, go watch it. It's so, so charming. Oh gosh. You know what? It was the weirdest thing ever. Um, I remember getting the call saying that we were performing, and I was at the theater where they filmed Smash taking a picture because I was like, oh, my God, they filmed Smash here. <laughs> <laughs> And we were, I was so excited and I got the call and I was like, oh my gosh, I can't, the first thing, I can't wait to put my costume on again because that dress was my dress for you'll shoot your eye out. That dress was like specifically made for me. So I was like, that's my dress. It's my <laughs> dress. I can't wait to put my dress on. And then we went to the studio and a lot of our cast was from Chicago because they had done their out of town in Chicago the year before and we never really got to see them. And they came in and we actually, we were all crying <laughs> because we missed each other so much. Like these were like my brothers and sisters and we just all embraced each other and were hugging and crying. And then Warren was like, okay, let's go, let's go <laughs> into the studio. Let's go. And we had never really, extensively worked with Warren until the Tonys. Like we were basically like James Gray, his assistant was in charge of us, mm -hmm. um, the kids and James was doing bullets over Broadway. So Warren was in charge and we got the real deal and it was <laughs> really stressful, but such a great learning experience. He is absolutely were, were you scared? I feel like it would be so scary to like, I was step on that huge stage and do a song you haven't done in, five months, even if you're rehearsing it, you know, I was petrified. Um, you don't it, look, you look very cool. You're like <laughs> tap, tap, tap in. Look, I you're, was, you're you sitting know, with your legs adrenaline. crossed and cigarette out like legitimately like you're, <laughs> you're like this old, old lady. It's so funny. I've always been that way though. I've always been a 40 year old woman <laughs> smoking a cigarette and a little a glass of wine. We don't recommend you smoke at the little me podcast. No, we don't it's recommend it. Fact. It's for comedic. Um, you're a little person, you know, like it's very <laughs> cute um, when you're tap, tap, tapping. Um, anyway, it's a very exciting thing and what an incredible memory to get to get to do the Tony perform at the Tonys, which like many adults who have been in multiple Robbie shows have never gotten to do that. So it's a yeah. really special, cool thing. How long before Matilda um, between Christmas Story and Matilda? I did the Tonys that Sunday. And my final callback for Matilda was that Thursday, oh the day my of my eighth grade graduation. Yeah, I know. Okay. <laughs> and um, they always make jokes because- Your 401k is popping. They were both there. 
they were, of course, we were, our shows were both nominated and I guess they had known that they had me in mind and there, and Deborah, our musical director has like pictures of me at the Tonys, like with, it's like a picture of me. And then the four Matildas are like next to me, but like without any of us knowing and, um, Richard Blake, who was there for Jersey, I think for Jersey Boys before he was in Matilda, was so weird. So you know, weird. just small world. Full so did circle. you find out you booked that pretty quickly? After? Yeah, two weeks after that, I found, so June 13th was when I went in for Matilda, final callback. Day of my eighth grade graduation, the graduation had to stall because I was still there. They kept me the whole day. And then... um yeah, the Catholic school was not happy about no, it. No. <laughs> they don't understand. Yeah. Not they didn't understand. They didn't understand what was going on. But uh, yeah, so then I guess two weeks later, two weeks later, I found out that I got the role and I was so excited because I got to be a swing. Yeah, so tell me about swinging on Broadway in a show like that. Clay Thompson was on the podcast last week. Uh the best but i'm like how i mean swinging matilda just seems like the hardest job i've almost ever seen like it's just really difficult well i had it easy because i was taught everything we were first replacement so we were really i mean we were their guinea pigs we were we were their guinea pigs for replacements um so it was just the two of us myself and marcus d'angelo and we started our first tracks, um, Hortensia, and I think his was Nigel. And we went along and we had a very short amount of time because Luke Manicus, who Marcus was replacing, was going to Pippin. So we had to move our rehearsal. We were supposed to start in August and then we ended up starting in July. So I had a very strange job of taking over in Matilda and doing like really, really quickly. We ended up learning all four of, all two of our tracks, um, I think within six weeks. So that was like pretty quick. And we were, I, I think they said that we were the fastest to learn our tracks. But um, after pretty much a year went by, we, well, me, I decided um, that I was kind of, not bored, but I wanted to learn more. Uh huh. And I taught myself all of the other kids' tracks because I got bored. Um, you know, I was doing homework backstage. I, I mean, I was a freshman and sophomore in high school when I was in Matilda. So I was significantly older. And I knew knowing that when I was older, that if I had to be a swing or a dance captain, that I would have to know tons more tracks. So I have my Matilda notebook in a box over there that has every track. And I, let them know that I was learning all the tracks just in case an event occurred. And they were like, you know, we could never put you on for these tracks. I was like, I know, I'm just letting you know that I'm learning them just so you're aware. <laughs> Did you ever go on for any of them? No. No, but you could help people. You're but like, you're, in rehearsals, you're the they let me do it. In rehearsals, okay. they let me do it. Oh my God, I love it. How did you balance that with school? It was really, really hard, but I was, I was fine with it. Uh, I went freshman year. I wanted to take off on Wednesday, so I didn't go to school. But I woke up every morning at 630 and was there full time. But sophomore year, I wanted to go to school. And I went every day, and including Wednesdays. And then my mom would pick me up early. And I went to all-girls Catholic school my entire life up until college. So it was um, 
It was an experience and it was a lot. And I'm so grateful. Uh, the kids in that show were sort of managed within an inch of their life. Like they weren't allowed to do like stage door things. They really, yeah. there were so many sets of kids. Was that hard for you being a little bit older and having, you know, to fit in this like kid box, which you were not like Clay was I mean, saying, like really. the oldest kid was closer to my age than the next adult. Like, yes. Yes. Yeah. Like, Clay, or, me. Yes. I mean, we were, <laughs> yeah. Clay used to say that all the time. And I guess, no, no, I didn't, I didn't feel like I was restricted at all or like grouped in with the kids. I mean, definitely towards the end because I was 15 and going to sweet 16s and I took personal days to go to my friend's sweet 16s like four weeks before I left. And I was, I mean, at that point I was on my way out. So I was easy with taking personal mm -hmm. days, but I, you were trying you know, to balance I, being a real teenager. Yeah, I always do a job. Matthew Warchus always said that he wanted us to be regular kids. And in a way, I totally agree with him. Mm -hmm. Because I don't think that I would be the person that I am today if I did not go to school during Matilda. Like, even if I was homeschooled, I mean, that could have definitely been the right choice for somebody else. But for me, knowing my social anxieties, knowing the way that I am with people, it was definitely the right choice to send me to school. And then you went on tour, after you left the show, you were gone for a little bit and then you went on tour for like a little chunk. Yes. Emergency replacement touring. Oh yeah. Um, um, what was that? How was touring, having oh, never I done that it. before? Yeah. No. And I always said that I would never tour. Well, and girl. You know, I always said, because I obviously, I have Crohn's disease, uh, just for everyone to know. And as a kid who was sick, I didn't want to tour. I wasn't healthy enough when I was younger to tour. And I was afraid because I do go for treatments every eight weeks, I didn't want to be worrying about that. And ironically, everything worked out that I was due for my treatment right before I left for tour. And then I didn't need it until after I got back six weeks, six to seven weeks later. So it was, it worked out really, really well. And, um, it was really, really great experience because it was the first time I didn't have a guardian. <laughs> and it was also a strange experience because I didn't have a guardian, but I was in the same dressing room as the kids. Mm -hmm. So it was weird. And I got to have kind of the best of both worlds because I was able to go visit the adults. I was really, really close with the men's ensemble and I was, and the female ensemble, but mostly the men's ensemble. And, um, the kids I was really close with too. And we all still talk all the time. And even though it was just that short time, they really, it's like a, it was a great experience because it was like, I was, I knew that it was my last time doing it. And I was so lucky because it was, yeah, I wanted it really embrace it. And I was wearing most of my costumes that I had worn. You're tiny. It's, you know, it's I was the same. The only I'm sure costume. you'd fit in that Christmas story dress too. Oh, I don't think my hips could fit in that now, but. <laughs> um, we have to talk about pace and then we have to talk about other, we have yes. to get into questions and, and fun things. So um, you are, you graduate from high school after mm -hmm. you've done all of this work and you go back to being a regular high schooler for your last senior year, pretty much. Oh yeah. Um, was pace something you had on your sites? Did you want to go away? How'd you make that decision? 
Yeah, I knew from the get-go that I never wanted to go longer than 30, 40 minutes away from my house. One, because of my health. Two, because I wanted to work. Um, and three, because I wanted to be close to my family. And we don't go that way. We can't, not allowed to go. No, we're not allowed to, you know, we're not allowed to go that far. But, um, I didn't know. I knew pretty much my sophomore year, right after I finished Matilda, that was when I started looking at colleges. Cause I knew I had to keep my mind occupied on something. And that was the next step. So college, I went to visit Pace, uh, that, summer and I knew from the moment that I stepped in that performing arts building that that was the place for me. I just knew it. Uh, I auditioned for five schools. I got into all of them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all New York, all New York, New Jersey area. And um, yeah, I went to Pace for two years and now I'm going back in the fall. I took a year off to do Mrs. Doubtfire and now I'm going back in the fall. I actually start my first summer class next week. Oh my God, crazy. Very excited. Balance finishing your degree while you're- Yeah. You're getting a degree in in what exactly? Musical theater. Getting a degree in musical theater while you'll be starring in a Broadway show. So- Yes, that's the plan. It's a real interesting uh, world. I'm sure your classmates love it. Oh yeah. And I'm actually really excited because I get to be with the different class- I mean, I love my class, but I'm excited because I get to experience a different group of people. And one of my best friends who is my little, you know, we have families, but mm-hmm. she's my little and I get to be in class with her this year. So I'm so excited. You do voiceover and you've done a lot of really fun things like oh, yeah. commercials and things. What's your favorite voiceover you've ever done? Oh, boy. Um, I think it has to be. I did this one for. It's called Bodie and Friends for a long time, pretty much the entire time, even before I was in Matilda to after. Wow. It was like a six-year thing, and we did that. And I had to sound like this the whole time. <laughs> it was really, really fun, and I played a character named Darling, and I loved it so much. Oh, my God. It's so <laughs> – it's it's honestly the creepiest thing I've ever heard. And I know. I'm, everyone tells me that. I'm with that. And I'm going to need you to just do it every randomly for me. Um, okay. So <laughs> like sweating from that. And you're also <laughs> an incredible singer and a Thank songwriter. You. How are you? Are you doing some of that work right now in this, in this time you actually have? I'm creeping into it. Uh, I had a really big period of time my senior year of high school where I was writing, 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 writing. And then I got to college and I just crashed. Well, it's a lot stopped. to manage. You know, it's Keep a lot. Big, child. It's a lot. And then quarantine came and I was really down about this whole situation that's going on. Mm-hmm. And then I started writing again and I started playing guitar consistently again and I forgot how much I missed it. So well, good. Keep doing that and making music and in this in between, and maybe we'll have like a really great album when you're back to work and you can sell it in the lobby. That'll be cool. Um, okay, so you are you have always been such a kind, sweet kid, and you've never Thank had you. an ego about you. And you have wonderful, wonderful parents that have always supported you, but never pushed. And um, just as That's as right. someone who people who listen to this podcast and parents and kids, just like a great reminder of that. Like your kid can really drive the bus and you can, you know, and I'm sure you have a lot to owe to your parents on, you know, the way that they guided you and the, and the right decisions. Thousand percent. Oh my God. They're such great people. So 
Hats Thank off. You. Okay. We need to do obsessed and quick fire questions because we're at time. Think, things Great. fly. All right. Tell me what you're obsessed with right now. What is getting you through the quarantine TV show movie? Hit it. I love Disney Plus. <laughs> I'm obsessed. It's Everyone's really, favorite thing. My last like really three episodes. bad. Like I, you know, because they had all of the old Disney Channel shows that I used to watch. Um, at such a young age. And, you know, I say it, these kids today, they have no idea what comedy is. They just don't know. And I, our shows have the best comedy ever. I need and a show. I try to tell, like, Good Luck Charlie, hilarious. Okay. Right. Wizards of Waverly Place, That's So Raven, hilarious. Okay. Also, I had never seen Hamilton before two days ago when okay. I watched the movie. All right. So that is my new obsession. All right. We'll get, we'll give you that. Um, I'm obsessed with the TV show called Marcella on Netflix starring okay. Anna Friel. It's basically like a British detective show, but it's wild as hell. It's so good. Um, mm. I'm also obsessed with British television. And so, but it's a Netflix show. Watch it. It's super crazy. Three Love seasons. It. Anna Friel. I'm obsessed with her. Okay. Are you ready for the Broadway Workshop quick fire questions? Absolutely. These are questions that have been put together by me and a series of Broadway Workshop students. Okay. Right. First thought comes to your head. Favorite holiday? Christmas. First Broadway show you ever saw? Bill, uh, no, uh, Beauty oh. and the Beast. Oh. Um, did you ever have braces? Yes, I have Invisalign. Oh, same. Um, favorite memory from Xanadu with me? <gasps> um, oh, my gosh. Definitely when um, I have a video of you, like, with the ribbons – and this is like the weirdest thing, but we were in the theater and I just like, you were on roller skates, just like ribbon dancing. It was um, quite amazing. You just send that to me immediately. Um, yeah. Please find it. Um, okay. <laughs> um, first audition song. Um, well, I guess we could count it. I was going to sing um, If We Were a Movie by Hannah Montana for Billy Elliot. So before, we'll, we'll count it. Do you remember your character name in The Grunge? Rachel? Yes. <laughs> I'm blown away right now. Um, I had another story to tell, but I'm, I'm tabling it. Okay. Um, favorite costume you've ever worn? My Christmas story dress. If you go, can go back and do one performance of anything you've ever been in, what would it be? Um, uh, Jesus Christ Superstar Mary Magdalene my senior year. You're of high school. Watch on YouTube. It's very good. Um, if you had a yacht, what would you call it? Patty Lapone. Oh my God, we're getting there. Hardest, <laughs> hardest part of being a swing? Um, separating your brain. Okay. Um, did you see the Cats movie? I did with the entire cast of Mrs. Doubtfire. Wasn't it horrible? Um, you know, it was an experience. <laughs> It was an experience. experience. We had a good time. Um, what would your superhero power be? Uh, oh, man. To be able to eat gluten and dairy without my stomach hurting. Sorry. Um, right. Fill in the blank. My Wranglers were blank. Absolutely unbelievable. And now are my favorite okay. people and best friends. All right. That is the Miss America answer. Um, <laughs> favorite Disney princess? Um, I love Meg from Hercules Ooh. and Cinderella. Um, most recent Broadway audition. Mrs. Dowfire. Well, good. Booked and blessed. <laughs> um, does your mommy think you're a miracle? 
yes, actually. Yes, I was I, an in vitro baby. So oh my yes. God. yes okay. Um, what do you want on your bagel? Nothing because Nothing. you eat them. But when I did eat bagels, I liked butter. Okay. Um, pre-show ritual? Um, nothing. I like, well, no, I like to pray. All right. Um, stage door, weirdest stage door interaction or strangest? Um, I don't think I've ever had one. All right. Well, you're about to. To be honest. Um, <laughs> did you audition <laughs> for Beetlejuice? I did. Wow. Oh, it's perfect bar for you. Um, do you do any impressions? I do. Um, I can make myself sound like Ariana Grande. What Would is you it? like to hear yes, it? Of course. Okay. Um, I know I can't do, and it ain't gonna change. So go ahead and talk it talk, cause I won't take the bait. <laughs> so good. <laughs> oh my God, I love that question. Um, all right. Um, have you auditioned for Dear Evan Hansen? Yes. Okay. What's your dream role? Um, Mama Rose. Can I direct it? Yes, please. Um, oh, and Fanny Bryce. Fanny Bryce oh forever. God, brills. Okay. Um, best opening night gift. Oh, I guess a picture of um, me and the kids. What role should Patty Lapone play in Mrs. <gasps> Doubtfire? Could I? Could I? Oh man. Um, you're not. You're not firing anyone. You're just. It's one night. She's gonna okay. be in the show. You know, she would kill as Frank Hillard, which is played by Brad Oscar. She would be amazing. Um, favorite app on your phone? TikTok. Um, if you can have dinner with one person, living or dead, who would it be? Patty Lapone. Weirdest experience as a child actor? Um. Oh, weird question. Okay. Um. I don't know. Um, I guess I've gotten, you know, jokes about Staten Island a lot. Right. I went, I walked into an audition and they said, um, hmm, Staten Island. Hmm. Mm. You know, do you know Tommy Brocco? I do. Of course. Of course. Uh, that wasn't even a question on the list, but there we go. Um, can you name two real housewives? Nene Leakes. Jack. Oh, no, that's a mob wife. Um, Oh, you can name a mob wife. I'll let you name a mob wife. Can, um, what's her name? Renee Graziano. All right. Name a musical you're okay with never seeing again. Getting the band back together. Oh, that no one's ever going to see that again. Um, if you can, oh, I think I might have to edit that out for me. Um, <laughs> if you can go back in time and see any Broadway show in the history of Broadway, what would it be? Ooh, Evita with Patti LuPone. Yes. Um, have you ever left a musical at intermission? I have not. I will never do that, ever. Mm, okay, you say that now. You're no, not. I will never do that. All right, all right, all right. What movie could you watch over and over again? Uh, Mrs. Dalfire and The Parent Trap. Great. Um, one thing people don't know about being a kid on Broadway. They don't know how much, I mean, this is going to get dark, but they don't know how much pressure and anxiety uh, it is once you aren't a kid Ooh, on Broadway. That, let me tell you, that's good. You're a resourceful astronaut, which is the name yeah, of Yeah, there's no, there's a lot of things that are, that are kind of like your negative thoughts really take over once you leave. 
because I I actually recently watched the Annie documentary. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that one. You know what it's uh, I forgot yeah. what it's called, but um, they were all the orphans as adults, and it's really interesting to hear their opinions on what happens when you leave the show. Because once you leave, the next day, one girl said you put on a Catholic school uniform again and you walk into school and it's like, what just happened? Oh God, yeah. And it's true. What just, what happened? just happened? I was on a high and now I have to figure my life out <sighs> at 16. And yeah. for most people, it's not at 16. It's a lot younger than 16. And there's a Wild. much bigger age um, gap. Age gap. Um, but you're doing great. You're a superstar. You Thank made it you. through. You're through the age gap. You're an adult. And yeah. you'll be back on Broadway before we know it. Might be a little longer than we want it to be, but it's going to happen. Yeah. And I cannot wait to see you. I can't wait to walk into the Sondheim Theater and see you on Broadway again. Thank it's going to be so cool. Tell the people where they can find you and follow you and all that fun stuff. I am on Instagram at Annalise with one N dot Scarpacci. I am also on TikTok. It's Annalise Scarpacci. If you want to follow me being a crazy I'm weirdo. sure. Great. But uh, cool. yeah, that's pretty much everything. Good. Follow her and remember to follow the Little Me podcast and me, Mark Tuminelli, on Instagram. Um, thank you for spending uh, this time with me. It was so nice to see you and catch up with you. Thank I'm so you. proud of you. And I can't wait for Mrs. Doubtfire to be back on Broadway. Yay. Love you. Love you. Yay. <laughs> thank you. Thank you, listeners. This podcast is produced by Alan Seals, Dory Berenstein, and the Broadway Podcast Network and edited by Derek Gunther. For more information on the Little Me podcast, go to bpn.fm slash little me. And follow me on Instagram at Mark Tuminelli or on Twitter at That Tuminelli. And for more information on workshops, classes, and everything Broadway Workshop, go to broadwayworkshop.com. Thank you for listening. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.